Good morning. Good morning, church. Can you hear me? My son gets to control my microphone. How awesome is that? <laughs> so, Mindy, do you need, you got it? Okay, so, um, first of all, how did I end up here? Well, isn't it all in what we hear in life? So in November, Dr. Tobin Wilson asked me if I would be willing to talk as Advent was gonna be the study on fierce women that led to the birth of Jesus, and they didn't want only men talking about it. Not what he said, but what I heard was, I'm gonna be part of a group. I'm gonna be one of many. So imagine the thoughts going through my head when I found out I was gonna be the only one speaking today. I wanted to yell, forget it, find somebody else. I'm a get it done person, I can raise excitement, but I am not somebody who has studied the Bible to be able to stand in front and talk about it Sunday morning. And then God's timing. So by this time I'd read through Ruth several times I connected with the ordinary people going through hard times and finding joy, not for doing spectacular deeds, but by being loyal to an extraordinary God. And I realized, even though Ruth's story is four chapters long, I get to talk about a woman with quiet, steady, fierce loyalty, and I get to be more veggie tales than either Tim or Tobin got to be. So first, I want to thank Mindy, who's helping me with this. And if we can start with a moment of prayer. Dear Lord, please be with me. Please be with all of us as we hear the story of your amazing loyalty. In your son's name, amen. So here's how it's going to go, because I don't want to do this all by myself. I'm going to talk. Mindy's going to play. If you see words up on the screen, you all are helping me read them. Okay, we got it? So we're going to start out with Mindy starting us out with a, a moment of music because the start of the Ruth story is a pretty bleak beginning. We have the first slide. Are you ready? Ruth 1, verses 1 through 2. In the days when the judges ruled, there was a famine in the land, and a man from Bethlehem in Judah, together with his wife and two sons, went to live for a while in the country of Moab. So the book of Ruth starts with finding God's chosen people living in the promised land, but because they did not listen to God, they were disobedient and there was a famine. Lamalek, a husband and father, in order to provide for his family, takes his family and leaves Judah, his homeland, to go find a better future somewhere else. When I looked it up, I found that Judah is on this side of the Dead Sea, and Moab is on this side, and according to MapQuest, they're about 100 miles apart. So imagine walking a hundred miles from your homeland into not only a different land, but an enemy land to be able to find food. 
By the third verse in the first chapter, things get even worse. Lamalek, the husband and the father, dies. Naomi, the wife and the mother, is left with Moab and her two sons. Then her sons marry Moabite women. And then 10 years later, both the sons die. By the third time I'd read through these verses, all I could think of was that Naomi was really Job before Job was here. You're in enemy lands, you're a woman, you have no rights, and your protectors are now dead. I wondered what it would be like to be Naomi, and I can imagine her crying out to God going, I cannot take any more of this. And then God's timing. Naomi hears that Bethlehem, her homeland, now has food. So she and her two daughter-in-laws walk back the hundred miles back home. Not long into that walk, Naomi, who obviously loved these two younger women, saw through her own pain and realized what may happen when she took these foreign women back to her own home. Maybe they wouldn't be welcome. And she insists two times that these women go back to their own families and start over their lives there. One daughter-in-law agrees. The other daughter-in-law, Ruth, who appears to be just as stubborn as Naomi, does not. And Ruth gives us one of the most beautiful phrases of loyalty. Second slide. Everybody? Ruth 1.16. Where you go, I will go. And where you stay, I will stay. Your people will be my people, and your God, my God. They finished the hundred-mile walk reach Bethlehem where the whole town is stunned to see them. We don't know where they stay, were they left to fend for themselves? If they were alone, were they alone because Naomi brought back Ruth, who's a foreigner? But since it was the beginning of the barley harvest, Ruth volunteers to go out to the fields and follow behind the harvesters to pick up whatever's left over so she and Naomi can eat. And then again, God's timing. Ruth is working in a field that belongs to Boaz, and that day, Boaz comes back to Bethlehem. I love that he greets the harvesters with, the Lord be with you. He sees Ruth, and I wonder if the reason he noticed Ruth was because she was a foreigner. Boaz asks about Ruth and hears that not only is she loyal to Naomi, who he knows is his relative, she's a hard worker. Boaz responds by welcoming her. He talks to her and blesses her. Can we do the third slide? Ruth 2.12. May the Lord repay you for what you have done. May you be richly rewarded by the Lord, the God of Israel, under whose wings you have come to take refuge. 
At mealtime, Boaz invites Ruth to eat with him and then takes the time to set up protectors around him, her. Ruth continues to work through that day and goes home to tell Naomi that she's worked in the fields, and it was Boaz's fields. Naomi responds to Boaz, the Lord bless him, and explains he's a kingsman redeemer. So when I was talking to Tobin about this, he explained the whole kingsman redeemer concept, which is absolutely fascinating, and a whole nother sermon he or Alfredo are going to do. <laughs> by that time, and then time goes by, Ruth continues to live with Naomi. She continues to work in Boaz's field until the end of the barley and the wheat harvest. And then Naomi comes up with a plan where Ruth would have a home and be provided for. She tells Ruth to go sleep at Boaz's feet after the night of celebration and requests that he provide Ruth with protection as a kingsman redeemer. Can you imagine Boaz's surprise waking up in the middle of the night to find someone lying at his feet? And then again, God's timing. Boaz responds with a blessing again. Ruth 3.10, the Lord bless you, my daughter. This kindness is greater than that which you showed earlier. You have not run after the younger men, whether rich or poor, and now, my daughter, don't be afraid. I will do for you all you ask. Boaz's acceptance of Ruth isn't quite that straightforward, and there's another man who's actually first in line to claim Naomi's land and then consequently Ruth. So Boaz offers to be the spokesperson for the situation, and tells Ruth to stay until the morning. In the morning, Boaz gathers the men necessary to discuss the situation, and through God's loyalty, Boaz becomes Ruth's kinsman redeemer instead of another man. The last slide. Ruth 4, 13 and 17. So Boaz took Ruth and she became his wife. And the Lord enabled her to conceive and she gave birth to a son and they named him Obed. He was the father of Jesse, the father of David. So what does all of this have to do with Advent, the season of hope and expectation? Reading about Ruth, who lived a quiet, fierce loyalty, I was inspired that we all can be fiercely loyal by living to these four truths. And I want you to help me with them. God is loyal all the time. God provides connections with others. So what I've learned connecting with others isn't limited to people who are related to you or look like you or believe like you or even are your own age. When I searched loyalty online, I found a YouTube video by Nino Brown. Now, if you look this up, expect a lot so Sunday morning words in it. But if you filter out those words, it's an amazing message of connections. Those we bring into our lives are not necessarily related to us 
but they help us, they motivate us, they pull us out of a situation, they look out for us. They may not look like us, but they love us and we can depend on them. God has made us yearn for connections. When we're loyal to God, we can see the beauty in others and create connections for a magnificent group called church. Third truth, I am and you are, say it, a beautiful work in progress. God is the master weaver. When we hold on to God's loyalty and wait in his timing, we see our lives as beautiful tapestry that he's creating. It's not finished, but it is in progress. And the fourth truth, ordinary people like me can be fiercely loyal like God and Ruth. Will you join me in prayer? Dear Lord, most of us won't be Moses or David or Paul, and because of that, we can feel unimpressive like a spectator watching a star-studded cast. We discount ourselves. Ruth shows us, however ordinary we are, we are irreplaceable in your plan. With loyalty to you as our foundation, Ordinary people can experience and share amazing, unexpected gifts, like welcoming a foreigner into our families, like finding protection in a foreign land, like sending blessings forward to a future generation, or best of all, knowing your son, who came as a baby, is our savior and will lead us through an amazing life because of a loyal, loving God. God, with the thrill of hope in your son, amen. is out there. That would be lovely. <laughs> <laughs> Call being Chris. Or Joetta, thank you. That was, I don't think we were expecting it to be that short. <laughs> but you got, yes. But we love it. We love it. Thank you. Well, please stand with us as we sing Joy to the World.